Hello and welcome to The Wrestling Arena. To steal a phrase, it's a new day. Yes, it is. I'm your host, Paul. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the showcase of the immortals, the biggest show in the WWE calendar, because we are on the end of the road to WrestleMania. I'm going to be talking about who I think are going to be the big winners of the matches and why I think they're going to win and where I think WWE might be going after the big show. Now, unfortunately, we don't know the order of most of the matches over the two nights, so I'll just be running down all of the matches that are going to happen over this two-day spectacular. There is, however, one match that we do know will be kicking off night one of WrestleMania, and that is John Cena versus Austin Theory. Now... When they announced this match, I was reasonably sure that, let's be fair, Austin Theory has to win this contest. He has to come out on top. However, with this placement, I just don't know if that's going to be the case. I'm not sure they're going to want to kick off one of their biggest shows of the year out of the two with superhero John Cena losing, as this could probably bring the crowd down. So, I'm kind of sitting here being like, well, they don't want to make John Cena US champion. Because he's not going to be back very often. But do you really want to start off WrestleMania night one with one of your major stars losing in the opening contest? Now, don't get me wrong. Austin Theory still needs this victory. He still needs the win. So they could, in theory, have Austin Theory win. No pun intended. But part of me is leaning towards a Cena victory on this night. And then on the Raw after WrestleMania, which they're planning on being a big show... Perhaps doing a John Cena injury angle or a beatdown or something that ends up with the US title vacant. I hesitate to use the phrase, but it will be a shame if Austin Theory doesn't get his uh, quote-unquote WrestleMania moment. Because after winning and losing the money in the bank and being a Vince McMahon project, and then obviously Vince McMahon kind of had to step down. And there are rumours that he is back in, in some creative capacity. But I can't see it. I just can't see Cena losing to Open Mania. But hopefully this means big things later for Austin Theory because the guy's working hard. That empty arena promo he cut was pretty good on Raw, especially after the evisceration he got from Cena uh, on previous weeks that was just seemed almost uncalled for. I mean, talking about the guy getting you know fake crowd noise pumped in, don't expose what you're doing to make people seem more interested in the product than they are, John. That's just bad. I mean, I know you're not exactly part of the product anymore unless they're desperate for you, but it's not exactly a good look to be like, oh, yeah, this company aren't that popular or this wrestler isn't that popular. It's your job to make them look good. And I think the match will be good. John's very good at making someone look a threat. He always has been. But as I say, I can't see John Cena losing in the opening of WrestleMania. It'll be a good shocking moment, and they've done shocking moments before. But on this one... I just don't see it. Now, the next match I want to talk about is one of these fatal four-way showcase matches, which is Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan versus Shotzi and Natalia versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Now, these seem like the kind of matches that are just like try and get people on the card, let's see what's going on. But this also could be quite useful for the Women's Tag Team Championships, which, as usual are not being looked at very well, they're not being taken care of, You know, they're not very important in the company. But for this match, I can only really see one team winning it, and that's Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. 
It's about time these guys were hooked up as a proper tag team. Ronda seems a bit unmotivated as of now. I mean, when she first came in, that first WrestleMania match, she was awesome. That first year, she was good. Then the fans kind of turned on her. And ever since then, uh, she's not been the most motivated of workers. And I don't know about you, but her star power that people kind of thought were going to be a big deal, it's kind of waned a lot. She's no longer seen as the former UFC dominant force. She's now just a WWE wrestler to people, like outside of the company. You don't hear people talking about Ronda Rousey. You don't hear any of that kind of thing. But I can now see them at least using these two awesome kind of MMA people as a foil for the WWE Wins Tag Team Champions. Should be decent. I'm hoping I'm hoping it surprises me. I mean, I'm a bit fed up of the whole uh, Natalia having a rotating tag team partner every couple of weeks, which is very weird. But hopefully this moves things on. And then, of course, we've got another Fatal 4-Way showcase match between the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders versus Ricochet and Braun Strowman. These are all pretty good tag teams. And I would have said the Street Profits were going to walk away with it because they're by far the most over, I think. They're very athletic. They're very looked after. But I think they've got something planned for Montez Ford. I think he's been set up to be the breakaway star of that team. So I'm now leaning towards Alpha Academy stealing a victory in this. Because I think the tag team championships are going to need a new feud soon. And I think Alpha Academy would work really well. They're very good on Raw. As are the Street Profits. As are the Viking Raiders. Even though they're often on SmackDown. You know, the whole split thing has just kind of come to an end. Especially over the last few weeks. So everyone's kind of mixed with everyone. But all the teams here should be good. This should be a very good match. I have to wonder who will be given any time. I mean, we are at a two-day event now. So it could be given time. And we don't, we don't know where the matches are going to be. I'd suggest that the women's Fatal 4-Way Showcase is on one night and the men's is on this on the other night. So it all depends which is which. But I see Alpha Academy stealing a victory on this and getting into a feud for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Next, we've got the feud that will not die. The Dracula of feuds. We've got Finn Balor versus Edge. That's the Judgment Day. Versus Edge. But this time. It's going to be different. Because this time. It's in Hell in a Cell. And of course. This time. Finn is bringing in the demon. Now I don't know about you. But the demon means very little. After that incredibly dodgy finish. He had against Roman Reigns. Where he the top rope broke. And there was no explanation. And he just fell. And got pinned that way. It was a good match up until that point. But the demon's kind of been watered down. I'm not sure how the demon will work as a heel gimmick as well. But I expect a big entrance from Finn. I expect a big entrance from Edge. He's now started calling himself the devil. So maybe something like a brood style entrance. Uh, Very. I just think this entire Edge comeback has just been dominated by the Judgment Day. And I'm just not impressed. Like it's just gone on and on. Edge has beaten them. Then they've taken a week off. Then they've come back and sworn revenge against Edge. It's like move on. Edge has only got so many more matches left in him. You're not getting any more over by repeating this feud for what seems like a year. Maybe even a year and a half. Like it's just bad. Hell in the Cell it should be good. I'm hoping 
I'm hoping it's it's a good match. I'm hoping everyone's safe. Edge is known for his very long WrestleMania matches. I remember after his first combat when he went against Orton at WrestleMania, and that went on forever. It felt like I had a birthday during that match. So I'm hoping that this is a little shorter, a little more spectacular, and I hope to God it's the end. I think Finn could really use this victory, but I see Edge getting it because he is you know, the legend, he is the Hall of Famer, and I think... This better be the end of this feud, because, wow, my bored boy. I mean, Dom, Dom's doing really well on the Judgment Day, but everyone else just feels like, meh, get on with it, finish this feud. So, for me, Edge is winning, when I think Finn should be winning. I mean, there is another great piece of news coming out of this, but I've already seen pictures, and they're bringing back the grey cell. I'm pretty sure it's the new design, so the the taller one with the, the bigger struts. But it is grey, it no longer has that really dodgy to look at red cage, which is just hard to see anything in. So I'm kind of, that's at least one thing that's going to be cool. The match should be good. I just hope it doesn't go forever, and I hope this is the end of the Edge Judgment Day feud. Next we've got Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus for WWE Intercontinental Championship. What a match this is going to be. I mean, Gunther... Against Sheamus at Clash in the Castle was awesome. It was one of the best matches of the year. Then you've got Drew McIntyre, who's also had great matches with Sheamus. And I think this is going to be a sleeper. This is going to be one of the better matches of the weekend. And that's a long weekend. There's a lot of shows going on. But I can see that Gunther wins this because the other guys just can't stop stopping each other, if you know what I mean. Their rivalry gets the best of them. And Gunther manages to just outlast them. Everyone beats each other up. And Gunther finally just manages to get the last pin in. And Gunther remains your intercontinental champion. They really seem to like having long title reigns at the moment. Gunther's on one hell of a tear. He doesn't have bad matches. But I think this is all being set up so that at Money in the Bank, which is taking place in London at the O2, I think Sheamus will then win the intercontinental championship. This should be one hell of a match though. I'm very much looking forward to it. Then we've got Becky Lynch and Lita and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. So this is a six-man, six-woman, sorry, tag team match. Becky and Lita are the women's tag team champions. And Damage Control have not won a lot. I can see this being another victory for Becky, Lita and Trish. Because as I say, Damage Control just don't seem to win. It's not going to lower their stock much more. I think it's just going to be a fun match for, say, Bailey to be in because I know that she's a huge Lita fan. I believe it was Bailey. Was the, was Becky the huge Lita? One, they're basically, it's one generation facing the other. So fans fans of one are facing the other other, other side. So I, I don't even think they're going to care that they lose. And I can just see that this just being a fun, possibly quick match with a moment for the crowd to get some nice photos of Trish Lita and Becky. Holding the belts up. Next we have Bianca Belair versus Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship. In a match that I'm kind of worried about because it's almost like Alien versus Predator. If you remember the tagline to that movie, it was whoever wins, we lose. And I think whoever wins in this match, some people are going to be annoyed. Like There's a lot of people who are starting to think that Bianca's maybe had the belt a bit too long. 
is maybe on one of those like Super Cena style runs where she never loses. But this also has a lot of fans. And also the same can be said for Asuka. They've kind of tried to re-educate people about Asuka because they've shown those big um, video packages of all her stuff in NXT, which was really cool. And Asuka deserves to win, but she has technically won everything a woman can win in WWE. It's very strange because none of her reigns feels particularly history-making, as it were. So I think giving her a win at Mania would be cool. But I'm really under the impression that they're going to give it to Bianca. And I'm just kind of hoping the crowd don't turn on her. Because Bianca's really good. Uh, which is something I never thought I'd say. Uh, you know, the crowd are with her most of the time. But she does run the risk of entering that I'm a super baby face that never loses phase. A bit of a downer either side. And whoever loses I think is going to end up in a bit of trouble. Should be a very good match though. Both people know what they're doing. Probably going to be the better of the two women's championship matches. If it were me, I'd have Bianca lose so she can turn heel and try something different. But I can't see that happening with the company. I think Bianca's going to win the match. The next contest I want to talk about is father versus son. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. And with Rey going into the Hall of Fame, I think this is going to be an interesting match. It's one that Rey's wanted for a very long time. He's talked about it years ago. So... That's crazy that he's finally getting it. I think the build-up to this has been really good, with Ray not wanting to attack his son, and Dominic's turned into someone who's very entertaining. He's one of the most hated acts on the show. His wrestling's getting a little better, which it needed to, because he wasn't very good when he was a babyface teaming with Ray. His whole team with The Judgment Day and Rhea Ripley have really brought out some character in him, which has really helped. I don't know which way this match is going to go. Technically, you want a feel-good moment, so maybe you have the Hall of Famer win. But I get the impression that they're leading up to um, a Lucha Libre standard, the mask versus hair match. You don't have Dominic growing that ridiculous mullet, that very Eddie Guerrero-style mullet, unless you're going to go with a hair versus mask match, in my opinion. And maybe that's how Dominic gets the mask, not that I think he should wear it at this point. You know, it'd just be a bit of a, a noose around him. It'd just be reminding people of what he isn't. When he is a, an amazingly funny character, an irritating little so-and-so who you kind of want to see get his head kicked in. So I'm kind of of the impression that maybe he shouldn't carry on the the Mysterio legacy, the the mask. I think he's kind of made his own path, his own choice, and he's getting over in this way. But I do think they're going to go mask versus hair. And I think that's when that's when um, Dominic's going to win. But that'll probably be held off for SummerSlam. So I'd expect I'd expect a Ray victory here, I think. Although I wouldn't be shocked if Dom pulled something out and cheated to win. And then refused to face his father again, maybe. It's a, it's a bit of a... There are ways they could go here, and either way they go is a good decision. It's almost the, the reverse of the Asuka-Bianca Belair match in, in because whoever wins the match, you're going to be like, okay, I can see where the story's going from here. That's pretty cool. And that's pretty interesting. But yeah, I'm going to go with Ray, the Hall of Famer, complete his, complete his weekend. Although it would be a really good story to be like, oh, he was in the, in the Hall of Fame and now you've ruined the whole weekend for him. I don't know. No, I'm sticking with Ray. I'm just wondering, is he going to come out dressed as... What superhero is he going to be? It can't be Shazam. Shazam didn't make money. He might make a really good Ant-Man. 
but that again wasn't a great film. Uh, but this isn't this isn't an episode of a Marvel podcast, so we'll just leave that on the side. But I really, I always look forward to Ray's costumes, so I'm hoping he does one, despite the seriousness of this match. But yeah, Ray Mysterio wins this match, I think. Yeah, let's go with that. Next, we're going to get on and talk about Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This has been a mess. Charlotte Flair is a terrible babyface. She's a terrible good guy. The company seem hell-bent on making her a good guy, and it's not working. She plays a much better heel. And in comparison, Rhea has just been coming across like the stone-cold Steve Austin of women. She's, I mean, all due respect to Becky Lynch, the man. Um, she's, you know, Rhea's been coming across like a complete badass. She stands up to men. She beats up men. She doesn't back down. She's conniving. Technically, she should be the heel, but it's just not working because she's just too cool and she's too good. And I think people have in their minds still that WrestleMania from a few years ago where Charlotte beat her for the NXT Women's Championship. And this is this is revenge for a lot of people, I think, because I think, I think they think that Rhea should have won then too. But Charlotte's really good in the ring, but she's a terrible babyface. And I don't understand why they're pushing her as some kind of, oh, I've worked so hard. It's like, yeah, you have, but you've also had a lot of opportunities that other people haven't had. You just have, and that's fine. I'm not blaming you, but Rhea's should be getting this victory. But in getting it, it could be a problem because if she gets this victory, she'll she'll basically have turned babyface, which is a problem because of her duo with Dominic Mysterio. I just think that could cause some problems if if she turns babyface simply by the fact of being so awesome. You know, the crowd turner, not the company. And then Dominic is still this little despicable heel. Having them together is going to be difficult. And Dominic needs Rhea to um, to complete that character. You know, the whole mummy thing is, is over. It's, it's cool. But I just don't know. I hope Rhea, Rhea gets it. They probably will give it to Rhea because they like it. Let's be honest. They like inflating Charlotte's number of titles. So I can see her losing, probably getting it back by SummerSlam and having another match with someone else because that just seems to be the cycle. They they seem to want to get her to at least equal Rick's number of world titles despite the fact, you know, they're not really the same thing anymore. They're just not. It's not as impressive to have double figures for your world title reigns. Triple H has got double figures. Randy Orton's got double figures. I believe John Cena is equal at 16 with world championship reigns as Flair is. The thing is, the titles just change hands a lot. So artificially bumping up Charlotte Flair's number just seems like a weird thing to put on a t-shirt or something. Or, oh, she's a Flair. She's also a 16-time world champion. The match will be good, but the reactions won't be there the way the company want. And then you probably get commentary treating Charlotte like she's the second coming of ultra babyface. When that's not how people see her, that's not how people want to see her. I feel bad for her because she she works hard and she's really, really good. She's probably the best women's wrestler they have, or at least in the top two or three. But because of the way she's presented as constantly getting world title shots and walking into opportunities, 
you don't get the opportunity to get behind her because you just expect she's going to get these these choices. She's going to get the belt. That's why that's why people made Becky Lynch the man character came because they expected Becky Lynch to be be a heel, and it was just no. Becky hadn't got enough chances. Charlotte was getting all the chances, so let's boo Charlotte. And I always think it's it, it must be hard to know you're supposed to be going out there being the good guy. And then just being utterly booed. Nevertheless, I do think Rhea's going to win this. I think they'd be foolish to stop the momentum she's gathered. She's got a great look. She seems finally like settled into the character she's doing. It's pretty good. She, I think she'll get the title, as I say, if only to give it back to Charlotte at a later date. But it's about time Rhea got a big victory at WrestleMania. Next we have Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. This should be one hell of a match. Logan Paul's proved to be a little too good at wrestling for what kind of experience he's got. I mean, apparently he is practicing for weeks with Shawn Michaels before his matches to like get everything down perfectly. So, you know, it's understandable that he is doing well, but you've still got to have the athletic ability to do the stuff he's doing which is incredible. But he's also said lately on his podcast that his deal, which was believed originally to be a multi-year deal, is up after WrestleMania. So that sort of gives the result of this one away. I mean, Seth does kind of need a victory. He's He's been losing quite a lot lately. In, in big matches anyway. I mean, he lost to Cody a couple of times before Cody got injured. And, you know, he's turned babyface since then. It's, but it should be a really good match. Suffered, it's suffered like quite a lot of the, the build to these matches have suffered by only having one half of the feud be on TV, if you know what I mean. Like, Roman was very rarely on TV. And I do understand that Logan Paul's got other commitments. It's not that I'm saying it's bad. I think it'd be a good match, but I do wish he kept quiet on his podcast. Although, you know, that same podcast did claim that WWE had made an offer to someone who I don't know because I'm old. Someone would be offered $20 million to appear on WWE. I believe it was another YouTube personality. I could be wrong. But WWE have already come out and strenuously said that isn't true at all. And obviously, obviously they're not going to offer $20 million to anyone because that would just be a massive waste. So who knows what is realized podcast and what is not. I mean, he could be working us. You know, he is a wrestler now. He could be uh, He could be deep in into, into the wrestling game and trying to mislead us by saying, oh, my contract's off, when I'm pretty sure WWE themselves announced that it was a multi-year contract. But I'm still going to go with the more regular wrestler. I'm still going to go with Seth Rollins for this victory. Although, Logan Paul would probably get more publicity for a victory, probably be on more newspapers and all that kind of thing. Nope, I'm going to stick to Seth. I'm going with Seth. Next, we've got the Battle of the Behemoths as Brock Lesnar takes on Omos. Uh this is a this is a match just to watch something big and impressive happen, isn't it? This is uh like the Andre Hulk moment of this WrestleMania. Everyone backstage apparently says how nice Omos is. But people said the same thing about Giant Gonzalez. I mean Omos is a impressive sight to behold, but he's not a great wrestler. This one'll be quick. It'll be impressive looking and Brock's going over. So not much to say there. But then we come to the final two matches. 
the matches that I really do have a lot to say about. And I know I haven't talked about storylines a lot for most of the matches for this rundown, for this prediction. And the truth of the matter is, the storylines for this Mania haven't been that good. They've set up good matches and they've just like sort of let them bump along. But there's been no big angles to keep things moving. It's been very interesting because I'm actually looking forward to this Mania more than I've been looking forward to quite a few of the more recent ones because I'm looking forward to most of the matches. There's not a lot of stupid things going on. There haven't been a lot of dodgy angles. I know that Bray Wyatt had to drop out of WrestleMania because of a what WWE have called a personal issue. So I imagine there would have been a lot of dodgy, kind of weird angle stuff coming from him and his camp. But that seems to have stopped. But mostly they've just set up matches. They've done a few confrontations. It's felt very much like a wrestling show. And I know that sounds weird, but a lot of the times WWE get in their own way with their storylines. They try and make something unique or something really impressive. And I think often you can just set the match up let them cut a couple of interviews and just wait for it. I think it's working really well this time. But that being said, these final two matches obviously have had possibly the best storyline in wrestling history building them up. And they are the Usos of the Bloodline versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Now, rumours have said that one of the women's matches, title matches, will end night one for quote-unquote political reasons. I've got no idea if that's true, but let's be clear. To me, this needs to end night one. It needs to be the reward that these guys are getting for putting on so many great segments, great interviews, great character work, really made us care about the characters. And yeah, I put out a, a piece not too long ago on this very feed, talking about how you know I, I thought that Sami Zayn deserved to be world champion. And part of me still thinks that, I'm not going to lie, but at the very least, they deserve to say, we, we were the main event of WrestleMania. And yeah, I know since the event has become two nights, being the main event has been somewhat cheapened because you can be one of two nights and both technically be the main event. So it's still something you can put on your resume, you can talk about, you can say, I, I did it. It means a lot to certain wrestlers. It was one of CM Punk's major uh, problems when he left WWE, that he, he never got to headline a WrestleMania. So it'd be nice to think that the people that have had the best storyline get the opportunity to put on the final match of the night. So I think that... This is going to be the beginning of the end of the Bloodline. It has to be. The Bloodline's been going strong. It's been dominant. Everyone in it has looked good. I just now think that this is the time to start shedding the championships. The Usos have already put on an incredible reign. They've already had the belts for a long time. And we finally got round to KO and Sami Zayn teaming back up, obviously, with their on-again, off-again friendship. I think it'll be good. There is part of me that thinks, you know, they could swerve us. I really hope they don't. Triple H doesn't seem to be the kind of booker that does this kind of thing. So I'm hoping that it's just, you know, it gets some time. I don't want it to be some 10-minute match. 
I want there to be some drama. They've been very good at in-ring drama. I want I want Jay to be, you know, angry and shouty, and I just want a good, solid wrestling match. I want time given to the match, and all I can really say is that I want a good payoff. I don't want them to think, oh, we've got a good thing, let's stretch it out. That's my number one worry, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to get, you know, the best frenemies winning the tag team titles just to have someone new on top of the division, you know, get some stars in that division, maybe build it back up, basically give Sami Zayn his moment that he didn't get at Montreal. I think it's going to be great. One of the matches of the weekend, and there's a lot of matches happening that weekend. It's all going to be good. The only reason you might put it on the same night as Cody versus Roman is that you might want to do some kind of a spot where the Usos are injured at the end so that they cannot come out to back off Roman so that it becomes a pure one-on-one wrestling match for the world title. And speaking of that match, I think it's pretty obvious that Cody's going to win this match. They've found the guy who seems to be enough of a spokesperson for the company, enough of a wrestler for the fans, and doesn't come across as completely fake when he's being that ultimate 80s-style babyface. Cody Rhodes is literally perfect for what they want. And I think he's going to do a tremendous job as WWF champion. WWE champion, sorry. I see this match going long. I see it being epic. I see multiple kickouts of finishes. To be honest, the WrestleMania match, you know, the one where everyone kicks out of everything three times. But for once, I expect them to get the reactions they want from the babyface to get cheered. I expect the, the heel to get booed. It's going to be a nice change for that kind of thing to happen because for for years that hasn't really been the case they've had to fight the audience every step of the way and i think it's going to be really nice you know when he hits the let's say third crossroads of the match for it to be one two three and the crowd explode it's going to be really good because i remember a few of those roman reigns versus brock lesnar matches and Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker, where the crowd were not into it, and there's nothing worse than a downer ending. I mean, I'm not saying that all Mania main events in recent memory have had downer crowds, but let's take, for example, one of the better endings, which is Becky Lynch unifying the the women's championships in that three-way match. The crowd were dead by that point. The, The show had been going on for what felt like a thousand years, and despite them really being into Becky... I just think they ran out of energy. Hopefully, they'll have timed everything well so everything gets what it needs to get. I'm looking forward to seeing everything about Mania. As I say, storyline-wise, big, epic storylines. There haven't really been that much apart from the Bloodline. But luckily, the Bloodline's been able to carry the company. Quite a lot of like Raw main events and SmackDown main events have simply been interview segments. With the bloodline and stuff like that, like the trial of Sami Zayn, I know that actually that opened the show, but segments like that have been the closing segment for a wrestling show, and that's so cool to think that people care enough about those characters, which means, and this is good for them, you know, sliding Cody Rhodes in there effectively and not having the crowd turn on him because he's taking Sami's moment away is a real achievement. They are going to have to resist the temptation to shock everyone and keep the title on Roman one more month, I think. Because right now, 
I think everyone's seen this as a foregone conclusion. And WWE have a tendency to hate when the crowd have figured out the ending. Personally, I don't have a problem with this because it's a good story as long as it's well told. And if you just do something to shock people, you end up with, oh, well, that's not what we wanted. And you let people down. Hopefully, Triple H will not do this. And it will just end up being, you know, Cody's big moment, crowning the new champion, crowning the new poster boy for the company, which... It certainly seems like they're doing right now. So yeah, I'm picking Cody Rhodes to walk away from WrestleMania 39 with the WWE Championship. Now those are my predictions for the show itself. But of course, that isn't the only thing happening over WrestleMania weekend. And while I won't be covering uh, NXT Standard Deliver as I just haven't been keeping up with it, I am going to make some predictions about the Raw after WrestleMania because it is rumoured that... They're trying to make it a bigger deal than it's been in the last few years, that they have big plans for this show. My first of these predictions, as I say, is an injury angle for John Cena, who would have come in to celebrate his winning of the US title the night before, in my own, you know, if I was booking this. And we'd injure John Cena and hold the US title up for some kind of tournament in order to crown someone else US champion and probably bring Cena back in to face the winner of that tournament at a future show. Whether that be Austin Theory again, or a debuting wrestler, it's difficult to say. For example, we know that Bobby Lashley has been left with nothing to do for this WrestleMania, thanks to uh, Bray Wyatt's medical problems. I expect him to win the Andre Memorial Battle Royal, but as that's on SmackDown before WrestleMania... It's a shame for him because I think he was doing a good job, but it's about all he can expect because they don't have the time to build up a program for him at this time. Personally, I'd have rather had him versus LA Knight put onto the show, but I'm sure they'll take what they can get. I also expect some returns on this Raw. I think Randy Orton is probably due a return. He's been out some time with a back injury, which we keep hearing is healing nicely, but it did threaten his career at one point. But I'd expect him to come in against Cody as they have some kind of history with them being both part of Legacy, if you remember that faction with Ted DiBiase Jr. And I think that would make a, a good match, a good series of interviews, a whole master versus student thing and the student is now the champion would work quite well. I think that's going to be, if he comes back, I think that would be one of the first feuds I'd go to. As for our new tag champions, I'd expect them to get into a feud with a new team. Possibly the club, as they've been in a bit of a limbo since AJ Styles broke his ankle and haven't really appeared much. But if the company have in fact signed Jay White, whose New Japan contract recently ran out, then I could see that becoming a thing that they do to make them more interesting and important. And speaking of debuts, I think it's pretty much inevitable that Matt Cardona is going to be heading back to WWE. He's trademarked Zack Ryder recently, which we know he won't be using, as he says he really doesn't want to go back to that character. But the fact that he's trademarked all all the stuff, so if they, I imagine, so if they ask him to do it, he's going to be making money off them asking him to do it, making it less likely they'd actually ask him. If you know what I mean, I'd also expect this to be the debut of the rumored new WWE Championship that Triple H has apparently had commissioned. The crowd will, of course, be crazy, as they usually are for the War After Mania, and I'm hoping that this means all change, 
So in my predictions, we've had Roman and the rest of the bloodline go down. So we're really hoping for new contenders, new stories to kick off. I can only hope they're as detailed and interesting as the Bloodline story has been. So that's my thoughts on WrestleMania 39, what's going to happen, and the roar after WrestleMania. I've been Paul, this has been The Wrestling Arena, and we'll see you soon.